The college basketball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a Bet the Underdog special. Betters will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on, on underdogs greater than plus 300. That's a free $25 bet on top of your winnings. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for your chance to win $3,000 in the DGEN dance. All right, already. Welcome to a brand new The College Basketball Experience podcast episode. And you might be thinking, whoa, this doesn't sound like Colby. And you're correct. I am your new host for today. And also, we have a first podcast episode out. We covered the West and East regions, the left side of your bracket. Today, me and my recording partner here at CBB, Nick on Twitter, Nick Famalant. Nick, how are you doing today? Perfect, my man. I'm so excited to get this tournament kicked off. Um, I'm ready to roll. All right. So on this episode, we'll be covering the right side of the bracket, the South and the Midwest. And by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at 70, the word 70, the number seven NB. But we were talking about this on our Twitter space that we held the other night. We kind of feel like, um, you know how they always say the court is slanted. The ice is slanted because I was a big hockey player growing up in Michigan. Um, it's slanted to one side. I feel like the left side is the more stacked side of the bracket. Do you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think the West and the East regions are much stronger than the South and the Midwest this year. Yeah, man. I don't know what it is with the balancing of it, but I feel like there are a few more fraudulent three, fours and fives on this side of the bracket that make it an easier run for some of the one seeds. And we'll get into that. Um, first on this episode, we plan on covering every first round game on the right side of your bracket against the spread. Then we'll go back and we'll forecast our bracket. We'll, we'll tell you each pick that we have, and we'll sprinkle in some futures that we liked, uh, when we were doing our research the other day. So, uh, without further ado, uh, we have the first, first four of the entire tournament. This game will be played at, uh, let me get the time real quick, 6.40 p.m. on True TV. We have Texas a Corpus Christi against Texas Southern. Nick, where are you aiming in this 16-seed play-in game? 
So I think this is going to be a close matchup between these two teams. I do like what I've been seeing at a Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I have been kind of watching them, keep my eye on them um, in terms of against the spread betting this year. Um, they end the season pretty strong on a four game winning streak. Um, I do think they are the underdog in the spot. I believe they're catching three and a half points and I like them to win this game outright actually. Um, so I'm going to be riding the Islanders here. Yeah, man, I'm on the opposite side of you uh, to start on this podcast as well. I believe that uh, experienced guards help you win these early games in March. Your first four playing games, the first round, the second round. After the second round, the cream starts to rise to the top. And I look at this Texas Southern squad, and they have one huge win against Florida by 15 points on Florida's home court this year. This is a very good defensive squad out of the swack last year they found themselves in this position against mount st mary's in the first four and they won that game by two in a against the mount st mary's team that i was buying last year i will take uh texas southern the experienced guards like i said and down low they have six nine forward jordan carl nicholas that not a lot of these small mid-major teams have um they really rely on him down low and i believe that Texas Southern will win this game, and I'm going to play the three and a half against you there. I respect it. Okay. The other first four game on the right side of the bracket is another 16-seed matchup. We have the Bryant Bulldogs out of the NEC against the Wright State Raiders. Now, this is TV drama at its finest, okay? On one side, you have the sympathy of Wright State. Uh, the head coach lost his father this season, and a total of five team members lost either their dad or a brother during the season. So it's a very emotional time for the Raiders. And you know what? They're hosting this first four game. It's being played in Dayton. Wright State is from Dayton. They are, uh, um, what is the line here? Wright State is at home for this game. They're a three and a half point favorite going up against a guy that doesn't care about your sympathy and your brothers over basketball t-shirts. Peter kiss is the nation's leading scorer, And he doesn't give a, he doesn't give a flying heck. Peter kiss averages 25.7 points per game. Um, and if you've ever seen this kid play basketball, he is electric as heck. You either love him or you hate him. Nick, um, are you on the side of the Bryant Bulldogs or the Wright State Raiders? We have a big dog matchup here in the mascot. I love this matchup. Uh, I am going to fade the Bryant Bulldogs, though. Uh, I do respect Peter Kiss, obviously, nation's leading scorer. He is so electric to watch. He's amazing on the court. Um, but I like this uh, Wright State squad. I think in their Horizon League championship game, um, they really clawed back. They went on a 14-0 run. Um, yeah, they were down the, 15. Yep, they were down big, and they really got going. And, you know, I heard a while ago that there's three runs uh, – in every college basketball game. And you want to be on the side that has at least two of those runs. And I believe that Wright State has it in them to, to get a couple of those runs and get points uh, scored and then kind of hold their own on defense. Um, without Trey Calvin in that first half, Wright State would have been down big. He was really the main guy in that first half. Tanner Holden and um, Basili were kind of quiet in that first half. They really got going in the second half. Um, so I, I hope that that doesn't happen because it will be a bit hard to come back against this Bryant team, but I believe in the Raiders here. 
Yeah, for me personally, um, looking at the Bryant squad, just blind uh, without any tournament draw, um, I really like the outlook of Bryant this year. Like I said, nation's leading score, Peter Kiss, 25.7 points per game. <clears throat> Last year, you look at the Cinderella 15 seed, Oral Roberts. I think they compare to Bryant pretty well in that Max Asmus of Oral Roberts was the leading scorer of the country with 24.8 points per game, I believe it was. And they also had Kevin O'Banner, who is now on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who led the team in rebounds and also averaged 18 points a game himself. You look at Bryant and they also have a Kevin O'Banner. They have Charles Pride, uh, forward slash center for them. He leads the team in rebounds with eight rebounds a game, and he also puts up 18.6 points per game. Uh, I put this video out on TikTok, and I'm a big believer that you could just randomly blow up at times on TikTok, and this video actually performed pretty well. So I feel like I would be uh, not justified enough if I say on that video, I believe that Bryant could do some damage, kind of like how Oral Roberts did last year. So I feel like I have to play Bryant plus three and a half. But I will say I respect this right squad, uh, right state squad a ton. Um, they recruited me for baseball up until my junior year of high school. So I still sort of have an attachment to that school and I like to watch their basketball games. And I'm a big horizon guy with Detroit and Oakland being in my backyard. So this right state squad is very interesting to me. And be, them being minus three and a half with all of the public attention that Bryant got last year, I think Bryant might be a public play and it scares me that I'm going to be on the plus three and a half, but I do not want to lose to Peter kiss. So give me the three and a half points and hopefully they come out on top here. Um, Nick, the winner of that game though, plays against Arizona. Um, we see most of these one seed uh, spreads landing low twenties, mid twenties. Um, let's let's staple a 22-point spread on Arizona versus Wright State, Arizona versus Bryant. Uh, who are you taking in the Wright State matchup? Yeah, that is a very tough uh, pick. I tend to initially want to lean towards uh, catching 22 points because both of these squads know how to score. They're obviously going to score. Um, what scares me a bit in taking the dog in that spot is that Arizona pushes the pace a lot and they also are a very high scoring team. Um, so I would tend to lean towards the dog there, but I would definitely be looking at an over uh, with either of these squads moving on to face Arizona. Yeah. We mentioned this on the last podcast that we recorded and also the Twitter space. Um, I feel like these one versus 16 spots, you look at it and you go, that's a heck of a lot of points. I'm going to take the points. This team was good enough to make the NCAA tournament. Well, it actually turns out that it's basically a 50-50 bet. In the last 28 matchups between one and 16 seeds, the one seed actually covers 16 out of the 28, which is 16 to 14. Um, so be right in the middle where you're picking these one versus 16 games. So on the last episode, I took Gonzaga to cover against Georgia state. That was a mid 20 spread. And then I took Norfolk state to cover against Baylor. What I'm going to do here is I like the cover against Zona. Um, I, so if what I have predicted, Peter kiss goes up against Ben Matherin, that would be an electric matchup. And I think they could keep that under 20 point loss. Right. So I'm going to take a Bryant cover against Zona and you're going to go with, what'd you say again? I'm going to go with a right state cover against Arizona. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, 
I know we skipped the other first four, but that's because we're going to go through the South Regional. That was the first game of the South Regional. And if you're looking at a bracket right now, we're just going to go game by game, top to bottom on your right side of your bracket. So the next game that we have is Seton Hall. They're 21 and 10 out of the Big East. They're going to take on the nine seed TCU 20 and 12 out of the Big 12. This game will be 30 minutes after the Arizona game on True TV. Nick, what are you forecasting for this game? I think this is going to be a battle. Uh, I do like Seton Hall. I like what they have. I like what they had last year as well, moving into this year. It's a shame uh, Mamu Kalashvili went to the NBA, but well-deserved. But he was so fun to watch at Seton Hall last year. Um, But I do like TCU here. I think that Mike Miles is a very good guard uh, in the Big 12. He's proven it time and time again. Um, I think TCU kind of just beats up on Seton Hall here. Uh, I really do see it being very close, maybe a last second, last play type of game. But TCU has been playing tough all year in the Big 12, which is definitely one of the best uh, conferences this year. So I'm going to trust in the Big 12. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, TCU, I feel like, has the best player on the floor in Mike Miles, like you said. And Seton Hall was really clicking at the beginning of the year with the wins against Michigan and Texas out of conference. When they got into conference, Bryce Aiken, their star point guard, went down with an injury. Now, I know they have a couple of talented big men down low, and TCU is a relatively small squad, but you look at TCU's performance in the Big 12 as of late, they uh, showed me that they can compete against great teams. They beat Kansas by 10 on their home floor, and they were winning against Kansas a lot during that game for a while in that game, not a lot. Um, They were winning for a while, and Kansas came back late and took a four-point win away from the Horned Frogs. Um, But really what got TCU into the tournament was a win against Kansas, a win against Texas, and they found themselves with this nine seed and one of the more tougher games to pick in the first round. Um, I see this going both ways. I'm going to take TCU to win it outright. So give them, give me the minus one as well. Is that how you view this as well? Yeah, I, I'm riding big 12. I'm really up on them this year. So I think they get, uh, they get a big win over Seton Hall. I like that. Um, the next game, the five twelve in this region, this game, or, uh, Actually, that first four, so the Arizona and the TCU games, that will be played in San Diego. The next four, um, we start with the 5-12 matchup. Houston, 29-5 and out of the American. They were the regular season and tournament conference champions. They're going to play on <clears> – <throat> they're going to – sorry. That was uh, very loud. Um, UAB, they're going to play UAB out of the CUSA conference champion. 27-7 and this year. They're the 12 seed. This game will be played in Pittsburgh at uh it'll be 9 20 ish on tnt nick uh do you believe in houston making another final four run here i do not i have been down on houston kind of all year um and they kind of threw it in my face a little bit here and there um, but I do not think that this team is as good as last year's squad. Um, I love UAB. I love Jordan Walker. Jelly, he is getting a lot of attention. Um, uh, very well-deserved. He's averaging 20 points a game. He's shooting 88% from the free throw line, 41% from three. This kid is electric. He is uh, very fun to watch, and he's very easy to root for. Um, so I actually like UAB getting the outright win here against Houston. Do you want me to play it? Go ahead. Let's lock it up. 
because I'm locking it up too, baby. I'm on UAB outright here as well. Um, for me, I was a believer in Houston early in the year. Um, they were building some good resume uh, wins early in the season non-conference, but they lost their top two players in Marcus Sasser and um, what is the other one? They lost their two players, Marcus Sasser and Trevon Mark. Um, so I really think that hinders the quality of this Houston squad come March. UAB, had, like you said, they have the 5'11 Jelly, uh, Jordan Walker guard. He averages 20 points per game, but it's not just Jelly. This team has four of their five starters averaging 10 points per game. Anybody on the squad can do it. And where I really look in this matchup is at the charity stripe, the free throw line, where kids either make or break your bracket. You look at Abilene Christian last year, they had a 55% kid step up and drill two. That doesn't always happen in March Madness. Um, Free throw shooting on Houston's side, they're 66.9%, 322nd in the country, whereas UAB shoots the ball at the free throw line 20 or 74%, a good 7% better. Uh, give them a couple of extra free throws on this side, and I like UAB to get the cover and win outright, like you said earlier. Um, next game. Four versus 13. Again, this is in Pittsburgh, my backyard that I reside in right now. Should I go to these games? Let me know. The four versus 13, Illinois, 22 and nine out of the Big Ten against Chattanooga, 27 and seven, the regular season champion um, and the conference tournament champion of the SOCON going up against the regular season co champion of the Big Ten. Nick, who do you like in this matchup? Uh, I do like Illinois to kind of big brother Chattanooga. Uh, I know that Illinois does have a few issues here and there, but I think they're just going to outclass Chattanooga. Um, you obviously have Kofi Coburn down low, who is a beast getting 21 points, 10 rebounds a game. Um, you obviously have Trent Frazier, uh, Jacob Grandison, uh, beyond the arc. You trust them to get their open shots and knock them down. Um, you have Curbelo, who is uh, always fun to watch with the ball. He always finds an open man. He is able to make plays. Um, I feel like if uh, Illinois is struggling offensively, that Curbelo kind of takes charge and will um, get points when Illinois really, really needs them. So I do trust this squad uh, to get the win over Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, I will say Sylvia D'Souza transfer from Texas Tech. That is another big that not a lot of mid-majors have. And again, I'm not comparing him to Kofi, but can he hinder Kofi? He's seen some good bigs in McCormick and others that the Big 12 has previously had. Um, Illinois, you look at them last year, they had that early loss against Illinois Chicago. Not quite buying this squad uh, as I did last year with Io. I think Io DeSumo was a much better point guard than... Um, uh, Andre Curbelo is right now. I think Curbelo is a little bit wild and erratic with the ball. I will take Illinois to win this game on my bracket, but look for Chattanooga mocks staples, Malachi Smith and David Jean Baptist to leave their imprint on this game in some sort of way. Malachi Smith is one of the best players in the country. If you haven't heard of him in the mid major scene and David Jean Baptist is what they call Mr. Mock. I think he's a sixth-year senior. He's been there forever. So give me Chattanooga plus the 7.5. And, and are you on the minus 7.5 on Illinois? 
No, I'll actually be catching the points with Chattanooga. I don't think that Illinois is going to beat up on them too bad. I think it's going to be a close game. I just trust Illinois to get the outright win, but I'll take the seven and a half with Chattanooga. Yeah, you look at other 413 matchups, and we'll get to the other one that seems to be a popular upset pick. Um, that line is at plus one and a half between South Dakota State and Providence, but uh, we have another 413 in Vermont, Arkansas. That's a five point line, and then a 413 in UCLA, uh, Akron. That's 13. So you look at these lower 413 lines, and they seem lower than they've been in past years. Uh, I know the other guys, uh, I think it was Nick Dant that said it. This seems like the year where you could see one or two 13 seeds upsetting fours. I'll tell you right now, I only have one 13 seed beating a four on my bracket, but I feel like there's three opportunities, and I feel like the one team that you can mark off is that 13 spread in UCLA and not getting upset. But you look at Illinois and their uh, questionable loss last year against the Ramblers in the second round. You look at Arkansas and the must bus. Um, just, I, I feel like they've been really, really hot right now and losing uh, to Tennessee. there, a little bit worrisome for me, especially going up against a five senior, uh, five senior starting lineup in Vermont. And then we'll get to the four thirteen matchup down below in the Midwest. But uh, the 6-11 matchup is a very interesting matchup to me, not only because is Michigan my squad, but a lot of people are a little upset that Michigan was not in a playing game. And for me, I thought that we were on that bubble pretty firmly. I thought we were getting a playing game as well. And maybe it was because they thought we had a better resume than both Rutgers and Indiana, and we can't play against one of them because we're in the same conference as them. So that's why we're an 11 seed and we get a favorable draw, in my opinion, against a little bit of an overseeded Colorado state team. You look at Colorado state and they didn't even win the mountain West. Your mountain West champion was Boise state and they're an eight seed. So Colorado state enters 25 and five out of the mountain West with a couple of good non-conference wins early in the season against Michigan, who's 17 and 14 out of the big 10. And since February 8th, we have had the pattern of win one game, lose one game, win one game, lose one game. You residing in East Lansing. I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Um, I do agree with you in terms of that. I did think Michigan was a bubble team. Um, I think what also played a big factor in them getting uh, an 11 seed and not having a bubble game is that they had the fifth best strength of schedule uh, this year. So they had a very, very hard um, schedule. So I think that definitely played a key role in them just getting a seed and getting into the first round. Um, but in terms of this matchup between Colorado State and Michigan, I am going to back your Wolverines. Uh, I think Hunter Dickinson is just uh, a beast down low. He's unstoppable. I think um, you have the experience on this team. Um, I know Colorado State has Rod David Roddy, who is very good. Uh, he gets buckets. He's a very good shooter. Shooter. Um, I just really trust the Wolverines here. I think that they're going to kind of big brother Colorado State. Um, they're going to, you know, kind of say, hey, this is a big 10. This is big 10 ball. Like, let's get it going. And uh, I trust them to win here. Yeah, I'm going I'm to be with you on this, too. Um, there was a story that actually came out last night and saying that Colorado State is actually having trouble getting to Indianapolis where this game will be played. A little bit of travel. uh 
uh, disagreements with the NCAA what time they wanted to leave. So Medved, their coach, made it known to the Twitterverse that, hey, he was pretty upset with uh, this decision by the NCAA. I feel like Colorado State, one, could be thrown off by this game. They wanted to change the time. It's being played at 12.15 Eastern. This is the first game of the tournament in the first round on Thursday. This game will be played at 9.15 Mountain Time. That's Colorado State's time zone, um, or actually it's 10.15 Mountain Time, Colorado State's time zone. Early morning game for Colorado State. It's tough to get up. And then you look at Colorado State's best player, like you said, David Roddy. He's a stretch five, oftentimes plays the four more of uh, on their squad against these better teams with a good big. I look at the squad, and they're actually a very small squad. Uh, David Roddy typically starts, like I said, at the five, sometimes the four when they're not playing as big of a team. This team is not as well-rounded defensively down low like other Big Ten teams in the conference. I think uh, Hunter Dickinson gets his way down low. He averages 18 points a game. Um, also, Musa Dickinson, who aver- or Musa Diabate, our power forward, he's 6'11", also has a five-inch advantage on Roddy, whether he matches up against Dickinson or Diabate. Diabate averages nine points a game, but he has had these games where he blows up from mid-20s. I think you could get easily see a Diabate blow-up performance. And I talk about senior guards. We have Eli Brooks, who's a knockdown shooter from the outside, and Devontae Jones as a point guard who's really been coming on as of late. I like Michigan in the spot, and I like their path to get deep into the tournament, actually. I've heard other people out on the uh, sports world saying that Michigan could be a sleeper, a double-digit sleeper in the bracket that could wreck some people's brackets if they uh, fade them out of spite. So with all that said, Michigan is a minus two-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going to take Michigan on my bracket, and I'm going to take the minus two-and-a-half. Nick, where do you fall on this? Yeah, I'm I'm right aligned with you. I'm going to take Michigan to win, Michigan minus points. Okay, Uh, 30 minutes following that game. That game will be played on CBS, and so will this one. Tennessee, the three seed, they're 26-7 and out of the SEC. So hot right now. They're that light orange hot right now. They're going up against Longwood, the champion of the Big South, 26-6. and They won the regular season and the conference tournament. They're the 14 seed. I've heard some people say that they're a little bit overseeded as well as a 14 seed. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts and feelings on Rick Barnes? Is he going to come through this year? Does he look like he has a team that can make an elite eight, a final four? Uh, I definitely do. I think this Tennessee team is very, very strong. Um, they actually do have the, uh, toughest schedule this year. They're ranking at number one and to come out of the sec winning the conference tournament and being at this 26 and seven record, uh, they're going to make some noise. Um, I do know that Rick Barnes, you know, they kind of don't really get too, too far in these tournaments. Um, but this team, is set up for success. I, I do think this team is going to make a run. They're going to make some noise more than they already have. Uh, but yeah, they're going to handle Longwood pretty easily here. Yeah, you look at the squad, and for me, um, I'm not a big believer in Rick Barnes, and he has a freshman point guard as well in Kennedy Chandler. Um, this first game doesn't seem like it should be an issue. Tennessee, um, you could argue they could be a two-seed over Duke, your Blue Devils over there. Um, and Longwood seems like they should be a 15 or a 16 seed. The spread reflects that it is minus 17. For me personally, 
I've seen Tennessee lose as a three seed to a 14 seed. I won't pull the trigger on this one. I like uh, Longwood plus 17, but I will not lock that. How about you? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I do think 17 is a touch too high, uh, but I agree. I don't think Tennessee is going to drop this game by any means. I just think that that's a lot of points for Longwood to be catching. Okay. The next game we have will be played also in Pittsburgh. Seven seed Ohio State out of the Big Ten, 19 and 11. They'll take on Loyola Chicago, 25 and 7, the champion of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Um, Loyola Chicago has kind of been the darlings of March ever since their huge Final Four run in 2018 with this old lady on their sideline, Sister Jean. She doesn't even play for the team, but she's the story of the team. She's the mojo. Um, do you buy this Rambler squad? making a sweet 16 appearance actually let's just say winning this first game against ohio state they'll have villanova maybe in the second game that's that's a tough uh tough ask so let's start with ohio state can they beat the buckeyes i do believe that they are going to get a win over the buckeyes here i was never a believer in sister jean but i think i'm starting to convert i think she does have a little bit of mojo going on and this team kind of uh just plays in March. They are a scary opponent to face. Um, I do not think that they're going to make a deep run in this tournament, but um, facing this Ohio State squad who has been shaky all year, dropping their last two games in Michigan and then Penn State, um, it's just a rough look for them. I don't think that um, they just have in them to make a run in this tournament. Um, I know EJ Liddell is an amazing player and I do like watching him play, um, but I just don't think this squad is really set up to make a run or even get the win over Loyola Chicago here. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I also am afraid that this is a public play, a public upset in a 10-7 matchup. Um, Drew Valentine, the head coach of Loyola, he's this is his first year, as you may know. Porter Moser, the head coach, of the previous runs in the tournament. He is now the head coach of Oklahoma, who's in the NIT currently. Uh, Drew Valentine, first-year head coach, youngest head coach in the NCAA tournament, um, right there with uh, Todd Graham, I think his name is, from San Francisco. I could be wrong. That's right off the top of my head, but I think his last name is Graham. Um, Loyal to Chicago, I'm not quite buying this team in making a deep run in March but I do think they can beat Ohio state. I'm afraid that this is a public play. They're loyal to Chicago is a minus one point favorite. And a lot of people are going to be looking and say, Hey, this is the loyal to Chicago team that's done a lot of damage in March. I feel like it's public, but I'm going to lay in the trap minus one and also take them on my bracket. Nick minus one spread. I don't think anything changes in your mentality of picking this game. Are you on the Ramblers minus one as well? Yeah, I agree with you that I am a bit afraid that it's probably going to be a public play. Um, but, you know, sometimes the public is right and you just got to ride with it. Exactly. Okay. Two versus 15 seed. Do we see an Oral Roberts situation with Delaware and Villanova? No shot. I think this Villanova squad is legit. I think we're going to see them deep into this tournament. I believe in this Villanova squad uh, a lot. Um, I think they're going to handle Delaware with ease. Yeah, the line is kind of alarming to me. It seems low at minus 15. I will lay into this trap as well and take Nova. This is a big FCS football rivalry from what I know. So it's kind of interesting that they square up in the first round of the NCAA tournament in college basketball. 
but give me the Wildcats. I look at experienced guards to come out and win these games. Colin Gillespie is as experienced as you can get in guard play. I think he's somewhat of a super senior over there for Villanova. Um, he was there in 2018 when they won the national championship and minus a power dominating uh, big man that they typically do. And like last year, they had Jeremiah Earl Robinson Earl. Uh, they don't quite have that this year, but I like a good run into the second weekend for Villanova. And we'll think about it there when we get there. Um, let's get into the Midwest. But before we get into the Midwest, we are brought to you by WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and coming soon to Louisiana, where the Final Four will be played. We're bringing the excitement of the win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all of your favorite teams, players, sports, and from players' team sports from the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet is now offering a Bet the Underdog special. Bettors will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager. For every $50 winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300, that's a free $25 bet on top of the winnings that you earn. Patrons who wager at least $500 in the first and second round of the tournament will earn one entry into a drawing for a trip to win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Uh, must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by SGPN. Yes, join up the DGEN dance. Plus, we have Merch Madness going on, guys. SGPN is giving away $3,000 in Ultimate March Madness Handicapping Contest, the DGEN dance. Start March Madness with 10,000 credits on the SGPN app. Use them to bet on your favorite March Madness bets, and whoever has the most credits when March Madness ends earns $2,500 for first place and $500 for second. All of this exclusively in the SGPN app. Are you looking for sweet SGPN or are you looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie? Every day March Madness games are being played. We'll be giving away a hoodie. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch madness. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.merchmadness to enter now. The college basketball experience is brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part about it is there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out StableDuel, a daily fantasy app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about the horses? Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. 
Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. Spring is sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for the sum of the spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code SGP to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing performance package, 4.0. I know Nick has a woman over there, and I'm playing the field of 68 here at college. Uh, Manscaped is just perfect for both of us. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is a pube assassin that is waterproof and equipped with an LED light, so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine. Have you ever met someone that finds nose hairs attractive? The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. Also, the Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is so crucial for your balls to stop sticking to your leg. You'll also find the Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there just like spring flowers. Complete your grooming game this spring with new refined cologne signature scent by, by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. If you purchase now, you will receive two free gifts, the Performance Boxer Briefs and Shed Travel Bag. Smell and feel good this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. The college basketball experience is also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is here. And PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball team futures. You can even find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Like Zach from California who, pu- who purchased a Tennessee championship ticket on PropSwap at 40 to 1 odds. While the sportsbooks are only offering 21, 25 to 1 odds right now. Now is the time to find those Cinderellas while the odds are still high and cash out on Prop Swap when the, prop swap when the tourney starts. Cinderella story, stories happen every year, so don't miss your shot. Hurry and download the free Prop Swap app today. Prop Swap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. Also, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all of the big sales and hot tickets for sale a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. Okay, so we touched on this first four game earlier. We had Texas Southern. I had Texas Southern. You had Texas A&M Corpus Christi coming out of the first four. Um, let's do this like we did Arizona. Let's staple a low 20s spread. Let's say 21. 
Are you taking the 21 points on the dog or are you laying the 21 points on Kansas? I am going to lay the points with Kansas here. Going back to that 50-50 of the 116 uh, against spread stat that we were talking about, I think I've laid it with um, Gonzaga and Arizona, and I've caught it with Norfolk in the East. Um, but I'm going to defer here, and I'm going to I'm going to lay it again with Kansas. Uh, I think that both of these teams just aren't up to the standard of Kansas. Obviously, I think Kansas is an amazing team. We're going to see them uh, in the second weekend. They're going to make a run. So I'm going to lay the points with Kansas. I'm right there with you. I'm following that 50%, 54% that we were using earlier. Um, I look at the best player or the most used player in possession percentage on Kansas, David McCormick, 6'10". Um, Texas Southern does have a big man down there if texas southern plays against kansas they could compete i i believe in that um their, their defense can play on any day if you have a defensive team but i feel like kansas isn't going to be slowed down they're a great offensive team um they're sixth in offensive efficiency uh i feel like this game could be one of those 40 point blowouts that we always seem to see in march madness i'm sniffing it out right here this one could be not I'm going to I'm going to play it but I'll wait until we see the line. You always look to fade Bill Self come March making a deep run, but his teams love to make these early statements and kick the crap out of these mid-majors that are the 16 seeds. He's been a number one seed nine times in his career, and he's had 30-point victories in six of those one-seeded games. I like Kansas a lot if this spread is in the 20s like we see the others. Um, The 8-9 game of this bracket is pretty interesting Two defensive-minded teams between San Diego State and Creighton. San Diego State's 23-8 and eight out of the big or out of the uh, Mountain West, and Creighton's 22-11 and 11 out of the Big East. Uh, this game will be played at 7.27 p.m. on True TV. 30 minutes after this game, Kansas will take on the winner of the play-in game. San Diego State Aztecs, Creighton Blue Jays, who do you have in this game? Uh, I do have Creighton sneaking a win uh, over San Diego State here. I know San Diego State's defense is amazing, um, but Creighton's also isn't that bad. They're ranked 42nd in the country. Um, I do like Ryan Hawkins. I like what AOC is doing over at Creighton. Um, a little mad at him that he left Duke a couple years ago, but you know we'll root for him here. Um, they obviously have Nemhard as well. Um, I do like this Blue Jay squad. They're coming out of the Big East. I'm kind of up on the Big East this year. I think that was a very good conference. Um, they had a lot of competition all year. Um, so I like the Blue Jays in this spot. I'm going to buy the computer numbers and go with San Diego State here. They have the number two, t- uh, number two defensive efficiency in all of college basketball. And San Diego State, loves to grind these games out. They'll keep you under 60 points. And I look at the last game that Creighton just played against Villanova. I question their game planning and strategy when they have a mismatch down low in Ryan Kalkbrenner and they don't, they don't go to him. We had Gus Johnson, one of the most electric sports broadcasters in all of uh, college 
uh, sports right now. He was on this game calling it and complaining about the amount of threes that both teams were shooting and bricking. If they're doing this against San Diego State, I don't see there's any way that they beat San Diego State. What nerves me about San Diego State is they're not the best offensive team. They're not going to run away with this game, even if they play good defense. Um, look for San Diego State to win this game. I have them in my bracket moving on, and I will lay the short spread of what is it? Uh, Creighton is a two and a half dog, so I will lay the two and a half points with San Diego State. I think they get it done by say five or six. Um, but also, another big point about the San Diego State team is they're not a great free throw shooting team. So, if you're nervous about a small spread with a not good free throw shooting team Creighton might not be a bad play against the points but I like San Diego State to win this game outright how about you Nick I do like Creighton outright I think they're gonna move on it's gonna be a tough game it's gonna be a battle but I like the Blue Jays okay this game is very interesting we moved down on the bracket in the Midwest region the five seed Iowa, maybe the hottest team in all of the country I think they've won 13 of the last 14 games their only loss is to Michigan. Um, I think it came in late February. Iowa is 26 and nine out of the Big Ten. Like I'd previously said, this game will be pl- uh, played 30 minutes after the Providence game on True TV. They take on Richmond, the champion of the A10 conference tournament. Richmond kind of was this light switch team. You turn them on, you turn them off. The, they're very experienced, senior led. Um, Gilliard on the spiders leads the country in uh, steals and he's done it like his last three years in his college career. But you look at this Iowa squad, they have the two Murray twins and Keegan Murray, who may be the best player in the, all of the country. Um, and then this is also a experienced lead uh, led team with the guard play in Jordan Bohannon, who is a six year super senior who hit the game winner against Indiana and helped aid Iowa to a Big Ten Conference Tournament title, their first since 2001. Nick, what are you feeling in this game? Yeah, I'm going to ride the hot hand with Iowa. I think that they are the hottest team, maybe besides uh, Indiana. I know they dropped to Iowa, but both of these teams coming out of the Big Ten are on fire. Um, Like you said, Keegan Murray is amazing. You have Jordan Bohannon, like I said as well, I feel like he's been there forever. Um, This team is going to be able to knock down their shots. Uh, They're going to be able to kind of bully Richmond. Um, We kind of said earlier as well that Richmond may be a bit – of a lucky entrance into this tournament. Um, I definitely didn't expect them to win the A-10. Um, I really did think Davidson was going to win that conference, but um, props to them. They got it done. Um, but I like Iowa here. Yeah, and I have to correct myself. Iowa has won 11 of their last 13. They also had a loss to Illinois on Illinois Senior Day. Um, I like this Iowa squad team, but I'm nervous that they're a little bit too hot i stated in the last episode uh and i will state it again this episode um in the last 10 years since 2011 when the first four was implemented we've only seen two teams that have won their conference tournament win the national title and a deep run in march doesn't necessarily uh it's not necessarily guaranteed if you win your conference tournament sometimes you're too hot and sometimes you need to taste a loss before you make this big run was the illinois loss that taste um it could have been but i think the spread is a little large for my liking uh i see right now on win bet sportsbook 
that I was a 10 and a half point favorite. I'll take the 10 and a half in Richmond. Uh, I'll ride their momentum coming in here, but give me Iowa on the bracket. Um, yeah. So what are your plans on the spread? It seems very large to me. How about you? Uh, yeah, it is a big spread and I do agree with you. I think Richmond can stay within that number, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just drop the ball and Iowa kind of runs them off the court. Um, so I'm not going to lock it up, but I will take Richmond plus a 10 and a half. Speaking of Iowa running teams off the court, how about that uh, hundred plus point performance against Northwestern? They threw up 112 points and I think there were 19 of 26 shooting the three ball that game. Yeah, that's insane. That's that's what I mean. Like, if they get hot like that, like, I mean, Richmond stands no chance of staying even close to that number. Yeah, talking about hot offenses, we have South Dakota State, who hasn't lost a game since December 18th, I believe it is. Don't mark me on that. South Dakota State enters this game 30-4, and four, champions of the Summit League in the regular season and conference tournament providence on the other hand champions of the big east in the regular season a lot of people are doubting them a lot of people think they're buying into the luck rating on kempom you see that providence is rated number one in all of the country in luck um to me sometimes it takes skill to win those games late in crunch time not luck um Providence is 25 and five. I'm not sure if I said this, this is the four, three seed or four, 13 seed matchup being played in Buffalo. Um, Providence fans could make this trip. This is the best team that they've had in a long, long time. Their first ever conference regular season title. I think they'll make this trip to Buffalo. That's only like five hours or so. What are you thinking? Uh, are you buying what seems to be a public upset in a 13 seed beating a four in South Dakota state? So I know we talked about this on our Twitter spaces and I think you may have swayed me. Um, and especially looking more into this game because this was a very tough game for me to choose, which is, you know, kind of not what you expect in a four 13 game, but, yeah. um, I think I'm going to flip my pick and I'm going to ride with the big East in Providence. Um, like, bird. <laughs> like I said, I do think the big East is, is such a good conference. Um, especially this year too. Providence is, you know, they're a very good team. It's not a fluke that they got first in this conference um, for the regular season. Um, they're very good. I am scared of South Dakota State, though. This game is going to be a high scoring, um, close game. Uh, what scares me a lot with South Dakota State is sometimes with these um you know, like mid-major teams, you don't expect them to be very good at shooting the ball. Maybe they're good down low, getting like close range shots. This team is shooting uh, 45% from three. They are sh- they've shot 710 three-pointers this season, which is a very high clip to be shooting at 45%. Um, they're also 76% from the free throw line. So if they do get to the line, they are going to knock down their free throws. So um I'm not going to lock either side on this. I am going to switch my pick to Providence to get the outright win. Um, But what I am looking for is a high scoring game. So I would take a look at the over. I know we're a first half under squad over here, but this game, I really feel like there's going to be a lot of points. Yeah, I I could see that. Uh, I also feel like Providence could grind this game out. You look at everybody's going to look at the spreadsheet that, south dakota state has they see all the green on offense and they're going to ignore all the red on defense this is what scares me and i'm going to go contrarian on this pick i feel like they're 
it's a very public play to take the Jackrabbits right now. And I believe in the Jackrabbit squad. I've watched this team play. They haven't lost a game since December 15th against Missouri State. Um, this team, for me, they're too young. Um, you look at their squad, the starting five, sophomore, sophomore, freshman, junior, junior. Their two juniors are the big men, the power forward, the center. You need experienced guards to win early games in March. I'm going to hammer that home, that point. You look at Providence squad, Jared Bynum, junior, A.J. Reeves, senior, Justin Manaya, senior, Noah Hortler, senior, Nate Watson, senior, Al Durham, senior. Every player that is in their major six rotation, experienced guys that have played in the Big East for years. I think Ed Cooley is going to come into this game, show up, show the country that they're, ready to play in March and that this Creighton loss was just one of a kind. And hopefully that doesn't happen again, because it seems like that was just a odd um, circumstance that happened against Creighton, because to me, Creighton seems like they've been kind of on and off all season. They just had one on game and blew Providence out. I don't necessarily think they got exposed like people are saying. So give me Providence in a contrarian play. I like them outright and I'll take them on the spread. It seems low, but that's because 80% of the country, 80% of the public is on South Dakota state plus two as the 13 seed to cover against the four minus two. Are you going to lay your confidence in Providence? Yeah, come game time, I'm going to lay the points with Providence. And I agree with what you said. South Dakota State is ranked 241st in the country in defensive efficiency. And uh, I, I also agree with you where I disagree with people saying that that game against Creighton, that they got exposed. I think, uh, you know, as a team, sometimes you just can't miss. And that was a game for Creighton. It was just like, uh, you know, they moved the sliders up that game and made the basket 20 feet wide and everything was falling for them. So I don't think Providence got exposed in that game. I just think Creighton was on fire. Yeah. And one last point that I'll make here is I think this is a contrarian pick because a lot of your bracket pools, some of these guys think they're college, college basketball experts. And obviously if South Dakota state wins this game, it'll blow up in my face, but I will say this um, sometimes knowing too much college basketball can hurt you because you think these 14 seeds, the 15 seeds, the 16 seeds do have a chance because they've been the team that you loved in your favorite mid-major to back and take against the spread. They're covering machines. South Dakota State blown everybody out in the North in the Summit League. Um, I just think this is a step up in competition that's too much for a young squad. So give me Providence. I, I'm going to side with those rookies in your bracket pools that will take the four seed and not even think about picking a 13 seed, but I'm going to go against the experienced guys that want to take a 13 seed and this is their choice i feel like this is popular choice um give me the i'll lay the points with providence and i'll take it in my bracket next game we have interesting matchup because i feel like ohio state or iowa not ohio iowa state started out really really hot undefeated entering big 12 play and then they cooled down when they played the better competition lsu comes in limping they have um NCA allegations going on. They lost their head coach, Will Wade. They fired him after the SEC tournament game that they lost into Arkansas. Um, drama on LSU on, or inconsistency on the side of the Cyclones. Tigers, Cyclones, where are you at in this game? 
Yeah, this is a very weird spot because of everything going on at LSU. Um, but nonetheless, I am going to take the Tigers to beat Iowa State. Um, I think it may be hard for these kids and the coaching staff to kind of have 100% focus on this game, even though they're going to try to. Obviously, it's March and, and you have to. But um, I just think that Iowa State just like really is not a good team. Um, I think LSU skill-wise is definitely the better team here. Iowa State uh, lost their last three games moving into this, um, only putting up 36 against Oklahoma State and then 41 against Texas Tech. Um, they definitely cannot score uh, that abysmally against LSU. You're going to have to be able to score. You're going to have to get points. Um, and while I don't think they're going to score that little, I just don't think they're going to have enough firepower to best LSU. Yeah, this is the one game that I've been going back and forth throughout the week. Um, I had LSU at first. I liked the experience guard, like I've always said, with Xavier Pinson and then Tari Easton's a force down low. Um, and you look at Iowa State squad, Tyrese Hunter, their point guard freshman, but I think they'll have the best player on the floor in Isaiah Brockington. I'm making a late game adjustment and I'm going to go Iowa state on the bracket, Iowa state plus the four and a half points. Um, I don't want to get burned by a team that's without their head coach in March. So give me the cyclones and uh, 11 versus six upset. Iowa state wins this game outright. Are you laying the four and a half with LSU? Yeah, uh, I'm going to lay the points. Uh, again, this could blow up in my face too, where I'm betting on a team without uh, uh, their head coach. So it's going to be a tough game for them. But I really am just super down on Iowa State. And I think LSU just has the better players. Uh, I agree with you that Isaiah Brockington is definitely the best player on the floor. Um, but I just trust the LSU guys to get the job done. Okay. Um, the next game we have, is the three versus 14 seed being played in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, 24 and seven out of the big 10. They'll play Colgate 23 and 11 out of um, the uh, uh, what conference. I don't even know off the top of my head. I forget they're in with Navy and American and Holy cross and all of them. Patriot um, league, Patriot league. There we go. I knew you could help me out there. 23 and 11 for Colgate. They're entering in. They're going into Badger country, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't think there's any way that Wisconsin can lose this game. I hear rumblings that you might, or some people might be taking Colgate outright to win um, home crowd. No way the Badgers lose. They're the big 10 regular season champion. It takes talent to win the, in the big 10, another team that they feel like just kind of got lucky throughout the regular season, but, having the national player of the year in um why am i blanking on this on this game um <laughs> johnny davis johnny davis having the national player in johnny davis is no fluke guys um they also are led by senior guards and brad davison and good big men down low that were able to get the job done in the big 10 they're not names that you remember and they're not household names that you remember but this team won a co-Big Ten regular season championship. I don't think they lose to Colgate. The spread, however, is interesting. Nick, m give me your pick to win this game and a little bit of analysis on yeah, so I love the Badgers here. I don't think that they're going to drop this game to Colgate. I agree with what you said, that it's not a fluke that they have um, 
you know, a potential national player of the year in Johnny Davis. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, and the Big Ten is a tough conference. They have, I think they have nine bids uh, this year in That's the correct. tournament. So obviously this conference is very skilled. So to best to be on top of that conference uh, is very, very hard. And they've proven me wrong all year. Um, so I like them in this spot. Um, I just don't think Colgate uh, has enough to beat them outright in this spot. I do think the spread is where it gets interesting at Wisconsin laying seven and a half. Um, I do see that being pretty hard for Wisconsin to cover, but I think I will lay the points with Wisconsin. I just think that they're the much better team. And I don't know if I trust Colgate to um, stay within that number. What scares me a bit is if Colgate gets off to a hot start and Wisconsin has to claw back into the game. That is my only concern uh, in terms of Wisconsin covering and winning. Yeah, you look at uh, Colgate's offensive numbers, 11th in the country in effective field goal percentage, second in the country with 40, uh, a 40.1 three-point percentage, and then they're 63rd in the country uh, in two-point efficiency. But you look at the free throws, they're shooting 69.3%. They're 265th in the country. You look at Wisconsin, they're shooting 74% from the free throw line let's go into the sports gambling podcast betting march madness commandments um where is this on my list i know i wrote it down and i want to read it to you guys um free throw percentage thou shall respect the free throw shooters i don't think that's how it was but we're going to go with it in the round of 64 when a team shoots 74% or higher. That's what Wisconsin does. 74.2. They are 47, 36 and one against the spread that against teams that shoot less than 70.3%. That's what Colgate's shooting in 69.3. I think Wisconsin can cover this game. Minus seven seems a little bit high for a team that can go hot and cold in a game. Uh, you said you have to have two runs where you're hot versus one run where you're cold. That's an old-time uh, old basketball coach saying, and I believe in it as well. Uh, Wisconsin playing the better competition. I think they get both of those runs that you need. But don't be surprised that this team goes cold for six minutes in this game that just happens with Wisconsin and Colgate might make their threes. That's what they do, but give me Wisconsin late in the game. Um, when Colgate's desperate fouling, I think they can get a cover by seven. Um, the winner or, um, so that game, like I said, Milwaukee home, home court advantage as well, that, that will play a factor against Colgate. Um, the 7-10 matchup in the Midwest Regional is between USC 23 and, or 26 and 7 out of the Pac-12 I believe that is the numbers cut off for me and Miami Florida who's 23 and 10 the 10 seed out of the ACC um they beat Duke once this year and this game's going to be played in Greenville North Carolina where are you at I do like the Hurricanes in this spot. Uh, like you said, they were the only team in the ACC to not um, lose to Duke up until the game in the ACC tournament on uh, March 11th. But uh, I like what Miami has. Uh, I know that they are a bit down, especially the ACC is a bit down. 
Um, but I like Cameron McGussie and I like Isaiah Wong in the backcourt. I think Isaiah Wong is the best player on Miami. He is um, electric with the ball. He's shooting uh 45% from the field. When he gets to the charity stripe, he's shooting at 74%, um, as well as Cameron McGussie's 81% from the charity stripe. So this team is going to be able to knock down their free throws, which, as you just mentioned, is huge uh, come March in these close games um, where every point obviously matters. <clears throat> um, I do think it's going to be a very close game. I think down low is where USC kind of bests Miami, um, but I like uh, Miami's backcourt to get it done. Yeah, I do like Miami's backcourt over USC's. Um, I do think Boogie Ellis could hinder Miami enough. Um, where I look in this game specifically is down low. Drew Peterson, 6'9", forward. Isaiah Mobley, 6'10", center. Those are the best two players on this Trojan squad. I'm a believer in Andy Enfield, the coach of Dunk City back in 2013. I think it was when they made their big run to the Sweet 16 with a win over Georgetown. He runs the offense through the big men. Um, Miami's defense, not so great. We have uh, opponent effective field goal percentage of 53.5%. USC is just efficient enough on offense where I think they can get this win. Like you said, the free throw percentage is a little bit worrisome, but I have USC moving on in uh, this game here. Uh, what is our spread between USC and US, Miami? USC is a one and a half point favorite. I, I'll lay that one and a half. How about you? You're going to take yeah. the points with Miami because you have them outright. Duh. Exactly. Yep. All right. Um, the two seed Auburn 27 and five out of the SEC struggling as of late. They'll take on Jacksonville State, who is gifted a Mickey Mouse NCAA tournament appearance, right? Um, out of the uh, uh, what, what conference gave them that? Um, I think it's the A-Sun. A-Sun, you're correct. The A-Sun. Yeah. Bellarmine was your tournament champion. They should have been the automatic bid, but Bellarmine is only in their second year as an NCAA Division One team. So, the automatic bid goes to the regular season champ, Jacksonville State, 21 and 10. Like I said, being played in Greenville, North Carolina, this is sort of a big brother, little brother in the state of Alabama and Auburn against Jacksonville State. What are your thoughts on this game? Can Jacksonville State pull off a 15 versus two upset? Uh, not in this spot. I do like what you said about the big brother, little brother. I think Auburn is going to beat the crap out of these guys. Uh, it is weird that they are in here in the tournament. Uh, obviously, yeah, Bellarmine is not eligible because they're only in their second year. But I feel like even with that, maybe it should have went to Jacksonville since Jacksonville beat Jacksonville State in the earlier round in their conference tournament. But nonetheless, they won the regular season, so they're in. Um, but yeah, like you said, Auburn has been struggling towards the end of the season. They dropped a game to Florida, Tennessee, and then Texas A&M in the SEC uh, conference tournament, which was very unexpected. Um, so yeah, I, I am hesitant about this Auburn team moving into the later um, weekends in March, but in the spot against Jacksonville State, uh, they're gonna they're gonna bow race them. Yeah, I I don't see that quite happening. Uh, I think the little brother effect here does come into play. Um, Jacksonville State has the 25th best effective field goal percentage, shooting 54 percent from the field. And they're the 11th best three-point shooting team in the country, 38.2%. I think they cover the spread here, but I'm not going to take them to win outright. All right, so those are our two regions. 
um, on the right side of the bracket. Let's run through how you think the South region will play out. Give me your picks and then some futures that you think you'll sprinkle throughout the tournament. So if we're starting at the top of the South region, we have uh, Arizona versus what I expect to be Wright State. I have Arizona beating Wright State in that spot. And then we have TCU over Seton Hall in a very close, uh, tough battle. Then we move on to Houston versus UAB. I think UAB and Jelly are going to get the job done and show Houston what's up and knock them out in the first round. We move on to Illinois versus Chattanooga, which again, I expected to be a fairly close game, but Illinois gets it done. Then we move on to Colorado State and Michigan. We're going to be a big blue, go blue here. We're going to have Michigan beating Colorado State. Let's go. Tennessee versus Longwood. Uh, The the Longhorns, the Volunteers are going to best Longwood. They're going to get the job done. Show everyone that, you know, even as a three seed, maybe they're a little bit disrespected. Um, I think they're going to crush Longwood. Then we have Ohio State versus Loyola Chicago. The Ramblers are going to get a close victory here. I think that game is very scary uh, in terms of betting public is going to be all over Loyola. I imagine. So be hesitant about that one, but I have them beating Ohio state. Then we have Villanova versus Delaware big on the big East. Villanova is going to get their job done and move on. Then we have Arizona versus TCU. I have Arizona uh, over them. They're going to make a deep run this year. Um, I have UAB versus Illinois. Illinois is going to beat UAB to face Arizona in the Sweet 16. I, Sorry, Noah, I have Tennessee over Michigan to move on to the Sweet 16. (laughs) Then Loyola versus Villanova is going to be Villanova uh, with a big win over them. So then we have Arizona versus Illinois. I think Arizona is a very good team. They are very deserving of this one seed. They're going to make some noise. They're going to be the big blue or the blue blood team that they are, they're going to make it all the way, hopefully until early April, like I expect. Um, and then Villanova is going to beat Tennessee to set up a uh, elite eight match up for the one and the two seed. Very chalk. I know, but I just think these two teams are the very best in this region. This is a weaker region. Um, I think it's going to show that the two best teams are the one and two seed for a reason. Um, so I have Villanova betting Arizona to move on to the final four coming out of the South region. Okay. I, I like the way you have your region uh, laid out, except for, I think Tennessee moves on a little bit too far for you. Um, I'll run through mine right now. I have Arizona through the 16 seed through the 16 seed pretty dang easily. Um, TCU over Seton hall and a very close one UAB over Houston outright. I like that upset a lot. Illinois over Chattanooga. I just think uh, they're too good. I think Chattanooga is going to keep it close, though. Um, Michigan over Colorado State and a little bit of a mismatch down low. Tennessee over Longwood. Um, They just have the better skill going into this game. Loyola Chicago, like you said, it's a very public play, but some believers in uh, Ohio State, they're like, Chris Holtman, good coach, right? Dude, He's got to prove it to me now. He lost to a 15 seed in the first round with his first good team at Ohio State. That was like the highest seed he's had. Um, So Loyola Chicago uh, wins that one. Villanova beats Delaware. Villanova beats Loyola Chicago. I'm not buying the Ramblers long term. I don't think they're upsetting Villanova there. What I will take as an upset is I'm not going to buy Rick Barnes in March either. This guy has screwed me too many times with a loss also to Loyola Chicago early in a tournament. Michigan is plus 260 to make a Sweet 16 appearance. I like the road that they have, 
Um, I'm not sold on this Michigan team. Like I said, they've gone win-loss, win-loss for a month and a half right now. Um, But I just, I don't want to get burned by Barnes. So I'm going to play Homer for right now, right? I can do that. Sweet 16. Michigan is one of only two teams that have made every Sweet 16 since 2017. Michigan and Gonzaga. Um, Next, big, big upset i have uab billy beating illinois i like the guards for uab over the guards of illinois i think that illinois is what you can conceive as a uh or perceive as a final four contender um they have the elite big man and kofi coburn they have the outside shooters and plumber and um uh, who's the other, the lefty Frazier. They have the Frazier, outside yeah. shooter, shooters and plumber and Frazier to get things done. Give me the Cinderella and the Blazers and UAB. Arizona beats TCU. Zona beats UAB. Zona is minus 129 to make the Elite Eight. I know there's some juice there, but guys. We're going to lock that up because Arizona's already beat Illinois once this year. I like Arizona, even if they were going to play Illinois. Like I said, Illinois lost to Loyola Chicago in the second round last year in a matchup they should have won. I feel like that could happen again this year with not as good of a team as they had last year. Um, Then I have Villanova beating Michigan just to hedge out my homer play. I do have listed here. Michigan is plus 700 to make the Elite Eight because, like I said, against Colorado State, Villanova is a little undersized. Diabate and Dickinson could have their way down low if Michigan and Nova play head to head. Um, a little sprinkle for my hometown team doesn't seem like too bad of a play. I think they got a very favorable draw, but for bracket pools, I'm going to take Nova as a hedge to get to the elite eight. Give me Arizona to come out of the region over uh, Villanova. Arizona's plus 140 to win the region. Nova's plus 300 and long shot. Like I keep saying, Michigan plus 3,000 to come out of the region. Michigan already played against Arizona once this year. Arizona is the biggest team in the country, but they're kind of soft down low. Like uh, the guys of TC, Nick, Patty, and Colby have uh, harped to you guys all season. Arizona was a little soft, but same with Michigan down low. Um, I feel like with some experience playing those guys, Diabate and Dickinson, like I keep saying, this is the heart of the team, the heart and soul. They run through their big men. Michigan could make some noise, but no, I'm I'm just going to sprinkle a quarter unit on it. Arizona comes out of the region. Um, and Nick, what do you think about my region? And if there's not much you'd like to say, let's get to the Midwest. I, I do agree with your picks. I also have Arizona uh, to the Elite Eight at minus 129 written down. I love that. I'm going to lock that with you. I also see Villanova to get to the Elite Eight at plus 130. I'm going to lock that up as well. I really, really do think. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, no, you're good. I really do think that these two teams are going to come out um, of this region in the Elite Eight. Um, I do hope for you that Michigan does. Um, and I do think that it is very possible. They are obviously a very good team. Um, I just really think that there's good value with uh, Arizona and Villanova. Yeah, 100%. I like the plus money there in both spots. All right, let's get to your Midwest regional. What do you, what do you see playing out here? 
So if we look at the top of the Midwest, we have Kansas versus the winner of Texas Southern versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, I have Kansas obviously beating these teams. I don't think um, they're going to put up too much of a fight. Kansas is going to easily move on to the next round. I have Creighton um, with a slight upset over San Diego State. Uh, I just think that um, even though San Diego State's defense is the best in the country, I do think Creighton's defense will be able to hold up. And if they can continue that hot streak that they had against Providence um, and maybe even just get a a fraction of that going into this game that they're going to be able to get the win there. I have Iowa over Richmond in what may be a pretty close game. Uh, I don't think Richmond has enough in them to beat Iowa, but I like uh, Iowa to move on. Um, And my flip-flop pick, I switched to Providence over South Dakota State. Again, this game is going to be very, very fun to watch. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a million people watching this game, but if this isn't already on your radar, you should absolutely put it on there. This game is going to be close. I think it's going to be high scoring, and it's definitely going to be a barn burner game. Um, in the 6-11 matchup, I have LSU over Iowa State. I just don't think Iowa State is very good. Obviously, LSU has a lot going on, but I'm hoping that they can at least put that in the back of their minds, at least for one game, and get over Iowa State. In the 3-14, I have Wisconsin getting a pretty close victory against Colgate. I think this one may be close. Um, I'm just hoping Wisconsin doesn't fall behind early and they just get out to a good lead and hold it. Uh, I have Miami, the 10 seed over USC in another close spot. I just think the backcourt of Miami is better than USC's backcourt. I worry about Miami down low, but I'm hoping Isaiah Wong um, can lead the team to victory. And then I have the big brother Auburn over Jacksonville State in the 215. So for the second round, I have Kansas over Creighton. Kansas is just a better skilled team. I don't think Creighton is up to class with Kansas. So we got the Big 12 winning there. Then I have Iowa versus Providence. This is going to be a tough one. Um, I do think Iowa, if they can stay hot like they are, um, they're going to best Providence here. I'm going to stick with my pick and I'm going to have Iowa moving on to face Kansas. Um, that is going to be a close game, though. I, I, that's going to be a good one to watch. Then I have LSU versus Wisconsin. Um, I have Wisconsin beating LSU. Um, just in case Iowa State does beat LSU, um, I don't think Iowa State really will keep it close against Wisconsin. So I'm kind of hedging myself there. I have Wisconsin moving on to the Sweet 16. Um, and then Miami versus Auburn. Um, I said earlier, I am hesitant about Auburn. I really, really hope that they can find themselves and not get into this drought that they have been. Uh, they obviously have the skill. Jabari Smith is a potential number one pick in the NBA this year. Um, Walker Kessler is huge down low. He's very, very skilled. I just think that Auburn outclasses Miami or um, USC, whoever gets there. I think Auburn gets the win. Um, I just really hope that they don't fall into their ways that they have at the end of the season. <clears throat> and in the Sweet 16, I have Kansas over Iowa. And then Wisconsin versus Auburn. Again, this is going to be close. I actually have Wisconsin beating Auburn. I This is a really hard pick for me. I may flip it by the time um, tip-off comes. But I just think that Auburn maybe won't be able to find themselves and Wisconsin um, just knows who they are. Um, and they're a very skilled team. I just think that's going to be a low-scoring close game. And I have Wisconsin uh, beating Auburn. So in the Elite Eight, I got Kansas versus Wisconsin. I am going to take Kansas to move to the Final Four to face Villanova. Um, again, I'm a blue blood guy. I love the blue bloods. Kansas is always, you know, in the conversation. They're one seed for a reason. It's very chalk, but 
Um, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be close. This region is kind of weak. That's why I have, again, the one, one versus three in the elite eight, but I got Kansas moving on to face Villanova. Um, in terms of futures for this conference, um, I do like Wisconsin um, plus 110 to get to the Sweet 16. I think they have a very easy road. This conference or this region, excuse me, is um, very weak. I think Wisconsin has favorable matchups. I think they get to the Sweet 16 fairly easily. I also like them at plus 350 to get to the Elite Eight. Um, and then Wisconsin to win the entire region is plus 900. I know that's a lot of Wisconsin futures. So if they do fall out early, I'm kind of burning myself here. Um, but I, I think there's good value in that. And that again, their competition just is not that good. Um, so besides Wisconsin, Kansas to win the Midwest is plus 160. That's who I have coming out of it. I think there is a little bit of value there. So take a look at that. But I think these two teams are going to be in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I feel like. You're actually just reading right off of my bracket. Um, I have the Kansas Wisconsin Elite Eight matchup, but I do I did find different odds than you, so I'll I'll read off my odds, and I encourage you guys to just go explore, try to find your best price, uh, try to find the best price for your liking on any book out there. So for me, Kansas over the 16 seed, San Diego State beats Creighton in a very defensive struggle. Um, then I have Iowa beating Richmond, Providence beating South Dakota State. Like I said, we are fading the public. We are being contrarian in that play. Then I look at the futures to come out of this little uh, four-teamer and go to the Sweet 16. Iowa's minus 210. I know a lot of people are high in Iowa right now. They're very, very hot. Providence, like I said, they're a team that can just grind out a win and just you look at it. And you go, Iowa's up 10. We're looking great. And then with six minutes left to play, Iowa up four, still pretty good. And you come down into crunch time and Providence is up two and they win the game by three. That's kind of how I see that game playing out. I do like Iowa's future and path. And I feel like Iowa could match up better against Kansas than Providence does. But Providence is plus 275 to come out of this uh, region and go to the Sweet 16. I like that. I'll put a half unit on plus two, 275 on Providence. Um, one future to maybe look at is South Dakota State plus 650. If you're a believer in the Jackrabbits, um, I think the Jackrabbits could uh, get into a lightning fight with Iowa. Both teams love to run, play good offense. They're very efficient on offense. Both kind of have struggling defenses. That could be a high-scoring game, and whoever has the better on night will win that matchup. Plus 650 is not... Uh, a crazy long shot. And to hedge myself, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on South Dakota State plus 650. There's no value in minus 210 on Iowa to make the Sweet 16. Moving down, Iowa State over LSU without Will Wade. I think there's too many distractions there. Give me the Cyclones. I think they'll win another defensive struggle. This this region is all about just grinding it out and winning the games in crunch time. Give me Wisconsin over Colgate. I think they can do the same. I think they win this game by more than seven and cover the spread with the home crowd. And what are they doing? Giving us Wisconsin plus 110 in Milwaukee to get to the Sweet 16? Come on. That is a gift. That's free, right? Am I crazy? No, I love that. It is free. It, it feels free. It feels free. Like who, 
who beats Wisconsin? Is it Colgate? Is it LSU? Is it Iowa State? I don't think LSU and Iowa State have firepower on offense to beat Wisconsin, who's battle-tested in the Big Ten. Can Colgate pull off a miracle 14-3 upset? Maybe. They have a good offense. Um, I just don't see it happening. They're playing in their backyard, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Wisconsin is one of the rowdiest fan bases in all of the country. They're like uh, Miller, uh, Miller, uh, yeah, Miller. I think the the beer brand company name Miller is out of there, out of Milwaukee. These fans are going to be crazied up on Miller Light in the stands. Give me Wisco plus one ten, Sweet Sixteen. USC beats Miami. They, I think they edge them out. I think. Uh, Boogie Ellis can uh, hold off a couple of the Miami star guards and USC's star big men can take over this game. Give me Auburn over the little brother, like you said, but I like USC in an upset over Auburn to get to the sweet 16. I feel like USC has the team where they have the bigs to slow down both Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. And then Boogie Ellis can shine over the weak point guards and shooting guards that Auburn has. That's the big question around Auburn. Auburn hasn't been playing well lately. USC's plus 450 to make the Sweet 16 sprinkle a little bit there. Kansas over Providence to get to the Elite Eight. Wisconsin over USC to get to the Elite Eight. Wisconsin's plus 320, I found. I know Nick, I think, had a different number for that one for sure. Um, Then Elite Eight matchup between Kansas and Wisconsin. We had the same Elite Eight Oh, when does Bill Self lose in March? It always happens. I feel like I always take Kansas far, final four, and they lose early. I'm not going to get burned by Bill Self. I won't get burned by Rick Barnes. I'm not going to get burned by uh, Bill Self. I tell myself, I I told myself I would follow these rules this year. Wisconsin to the final four. I don't know how it happened. I wanted to hedge myself out later because I don't necessarily think Wisconsin can beat Auburn, but I don't think Bill Self will come out of the region. In my opinion, Wisconsin plus 1200 to make the final four. Johnny Davis leads the Badger squad to Greg Gard's first final four. And if you question Greg Gard's track record, he was the assistant head coach under Bo Ryan, the, uh, um, uh, I, I, he was associated. He's been like a coach with Wisconsin since like 2001 and Bo Ryan, legendary Wisco coach got to the final fours uh, in 2014, 2015, when Greg guard was the associate head coach. And then guard took over the team. Once Kaminsky left, this is the best team since Frank Kaminsky. I like him to get to the final four plus 1200. Like I said, Sprinkle a little bit if you're uh, if you like Iowa and you don't want to buy my contrarian play Iowa to come out of the uh, region is plus 400. I like them over Kansas. Kansas is plus 150. My long shot to come out of the region is USC plus 2500. Nick, any gripes about my region? No, I agree with you. I agree with your hesitancy with Bill Self. Uh, I love the Wisconsin play. I think we're both kind of high on them. Uh, no, I like it. All right. So I want to touch on this before we get into our final four, because we have named our final four, our two regional winners in this podcast, our two regional winners in last podcast. Now, your national champion always ranks in the top 20 of offensive and defensive efficiency rating. There has only been two exceptions. That was UConn and the 2021 Baylor team. This year's teams that fall under the top 20 in both efficiency ratings are Gonzaga Baylor, Arizona, Houston, and UCLA. There are some teams that are close 
on the fringe of top 20 in efficiency rating. And I wrote some of those teams down because uh, throughout March, the efficiency rating, of course, gets updated. So they can easily play their themselves into the top 20. You have Kentucky, fourth offensively, 27th on defense. Don't qualify. Kansas, sixth offensively, 29th on defense. Auburn, 24th on offense, 8th on defense. Duke, 7th on offense, 44th on defense. Now we start getting to the ones that kind of seem or actually, let me state this one, Villanova, 8th on offense, 28th on defense. Now we get to the ones that kind of seem like they're a little bit far-fetched. Tennessee, 36th on offense, 3rd on defense. Texas Tech, 65th on offense, 1st on defense. My advice is to you is to fill out your bracket like we just have, and then when you get to your final four, you look for the teams that I just listed. And if you don't have one of them, if you don't have one of them, you should. Um a lot of those are the high seeds in this bracket, and they're just more uh, odds-on favorites to make the final four. Um, so I think you should adjust it there. But with the teams that you have, I feel like if you do have a Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Houston, UCLA, take an extra look and see if you like their matchups to get to the championship because those historical teams that have top 20 offense and top 20 defense efficiencies win the national titles more than off or more chances than not. Um, so I say that my futures that I wrote down are Gonzaga plus 575 to win it all. I have, or no, 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 plus 325 to win it all. They're my second favorite. Kentucky at plus 800 to win it all. They're my third favorite. Um, Nick, don't give away your number one, but do you have any other favorites that you like to win it all? So I have Duke at plus 1400 and Villanova at plus 1750. I also wrote down Arizona at plus 600, um, that I think they're worth a look. Um, but my two that I'm really eyeing are Duke and Villanova. I also have Kentucky, um, that you mentioned at plus 700. Um, but Duke and Villanova are the only two that you hadn't mentioned. Okay, before we get to our national champions, let's list our uh, let's list some futures. I read them off um, last episode as well. But a one seed to be your national champion. Look into this one because if you have Gonzaga, if you have Arizona winning it all, yes is plus one forty. There's only four one seeds, so that's why you're getting a little bit of value there. That's not a bad play um, for a two seed to win a national uh, the national championship. I know he uh, Nick likes Kentucky. I know he likes Villanova. I like Kentucky. That is plus 285 to win the national championship. Look into that one as well. And then I also like this one. Um, look at your bracket and see how many teams are one seeds in your final four. Because if there's only one, that's plus 187. If there's two, if you have two final four teams as one seeds, that's plus 125. That's the betting favorite. If you have three, that's plus 330. If you have all four one seeds, which I think you should rethink that a little bit, but if you have all four, it's plus 1600. If you have no first seeds, because I know there's some belief that these first seeds are the weakest we've had in quite a while, that's plus 1200. Um, I'm just going to throw those out there. Um, and then futures of the regional conference winner to come out of the South. 
the South is your favorite conference to win the national championship. It's smart to look at these because you look at the teams that could possibly win a championship in the South because this region is favored to win it all. You have Arizona, Villanova, and Tennessee are your top three seeds. Illinois is your four seed. Houston's your five seed. I feel like all five of those teams are very capable of making a deep run. And then do you, do you have anything you want to add on that, Nick? No, I agree. I think the South, I know we said that this, the right side of the bracket and the South and Midwest are kind of the weakest, but um, in terms of national championship potential, the South is pretty stacked with their one, two, and three seeds. I think all three of those teams um, are definitely built and definitely capable of making deep runs, like you said. So I agree with the odds makers. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. And then the second favorite region is plus 225, the West. You have Gonzaga, you have Duke, you have Texas Tech, you have Arkansas, UConn. I really only see it in Gonzaga and Duke, in my opinion, that could make a national title run. Um, Any discrepancies there, Nick? Nope, I completely agree. Um, I know we mentioned it, I think, on the first part of this podcast that I thought that if Gonzaga didn't win last year, that they're just not capable of doing it. Um, but I do agree with that um, Gonzaga and Duke are the only two that I think are going to win. I think Texas Tech potentially has a chance, but they really have to get their offense together to um, make that deep of a run. The third favorite that's not too far off of the West and plus 225 is the East at plus 240. In the East, we have Baylor, uh, Kentucky, we have Purdue, we have UCLA. And our five seed is St. Mary's. Honestly, I could see it. I don't really, I don't really like Baylor this year, but sure. Baylor could go on a run. Kentucky can definitely go on a run. We both have them in our final four. Uh, Purdue could go on a run. They have two of the best big men of all the country and Jaden Ivy, who's an NBA prospect. Um, and then you also have UCLA who did it last year. Nick, what are you thinking about the East? Yeah, I agree with um, what you said. I, Baylor is kind of sketchy for me. I don't think that they are built for it this year. The only uh, – my favorite, obviously, is Kentucky. Um, Purdue, like you said, best two big men um, in all of the country in Edie and Williams. Um, and then UCLA has their March Magic, Johnny Juzing. Um, they're definitely capable of it. But uh, I really only like uh, Kentucky and UCLA, honestly, coming out of the, this region. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably the same way. I have Kentucky, UCLA, and then uh, maybe Purdue. I like Purdue a little bit more than UCLA, but I sprinkled a little bit on Indiana. Let's have some fun. Then the last region, bringing up the rear, rightfully so, Midwest. They have Kansas, Auburn, Wisconsin, Providence, Iowa. I don't even think I see a national champion in those five seats. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think this is very clearly the weakest region of the four. Um, it's going to be hard, I think, for this, whoever comes out of this region to get to the championship game, let alone win it. I think they're going to face a beast um, and whoever comes out of the South. So, yeah, I, I, it's just good. It's too hard for this team. I agree. So without further ado, everybody wants to know, Nick, 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 CBB Nick on Twitter. Follow him. Who do you have winning it all? I'm gonna. I may get a lot of hate for this because it's a homer pick, but I'm gonna go with Duke taking out Villanova in the national championship game. They get it done for Coach K's last year. They're gonna let him out on a win. 
They're going to hang that banner one last time for Coach K. Um, I really like the matchup that I expect um, with Kentucky. They already played them this year. They beat them this year. Um, they know how to play against them. Um, I really, really like this spot. Uh, Villanova does make me a little nervous um, because they're such a good squad. Jay Wright is such a good coach. Um, but I got the Blue Devils hanging a banner one last time for Coach Gay. I love it. We're drinking the Kool-Aid. You're sprinkling Duke to win it all. I'm sprinkling Michigan to make the final four. Us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, we're all common men. We're all fans first. That's just kind of what you get in our analysis. So Duke, you could definitely hear the bias bias from them, but you know, they, they did beat Gonzaga earlier this year and they did beat Kentucky. That's their way to the final four. If they can just repeat victories like they have earlier this season it's not impossible guys right right it, it you know we, exactly like you said we're common men it's it's hard for me to stray away from my team that i've supported my whole life and while i do think that it is capable obviously there's a, a lot of bias that's going into that pick but i i like you said they beat gonzaga already this year they beat kentucky this year so if they can get to that elite eight game versus gonzaga and then move on to the final four it's just you know repeat those two games that they already played and get the job done yeah, just wait for it. Michigan's going to lose to Colorado State, and Duke's going to lose to Michigan State. So, If Duke okay. loses to Michigan State, I will retire. All right. Well, I don't know if you want to put that stamp of approval on it. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we will say um, we didn't say this at all in a podcast. We kind of held it out. On Tally site, we picked every game since, I, since I've been hired, January 6th. I've picked every college basketball game since that day. Um, I'm not quite sure when Nick started. He said he started a little bit after me on tally site, picking every game, guys. We were both over 500, um, hitting at 50% or more. We were both, every game, we hit over 50%. That is very hard to do, guys. Everybody preaches about the 54% tile, and that's where you make your money. That's when people are locking games, okay? When they lock games, they're hitting at 54%. We're picking every game and we're hitting over 50%, let alone our locks. So, like I said, um, I think we both have a pretty good feel for this game, but we can both accept that our bias, our homerisms are sneaking through a little bit here. Exactly. And luckily enough, you know, in terms of the bracket play, they don't have to cover the spread. As long as our teams get the win, that's all that matters. That's so true. But I mean, I feel like after Colorado State, Michigan's going to be covering spreads and winning games outright. Let's go. Yep, there but you go. Final four. I have Gonzaga out of the West, Kentucky out of the East, Arizona out of the South, Wisconsin out of the Midwest. How do I see this thing playing out? Give me Gonzaga over Kentucky in a very, 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 very close one, just like they had last year against UCLA. I think it's going to be very close. Um, Oscar Chibway will give. Gonzaga's big men, some problems down there. Um, I easily see Kentucky pulling off an upset here, but I think Arizona for the national championship is as lockable as you can get for a national championship appearance future. I didn't write that one down because I didn't see anything of that kind there. I only saw final four and champion. So now I think that Gonzaga could lose to Kentucky. I think Kentucky could lose to Gonzaga, but I'm firm on Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Arizona getting to the final four. The one team that I'm 
firm on winning their final four matchup is Arizona. So I'm going to hedge out the other two. Arizona is my national champion. I like the big man down low and Christian Coloco, who the defensive player of the year in the Pac-12, and Balo, the Gonzaga transfer who came over with Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga to Arizona. In his first year at Arizona as head coach, Tommy Lloyd takes down the apprentice Mark Few at Gonzaga. That's how I have my bracket written. Some may say, what about the Kirk Kreza injury? The kid is a gamer. He's a baller. He's tweeting out on Twitter that he's coming back. He's coming back. I don't honestly see him coming back to play against Wright State or Bryant. Although the world needs a Kirk Kreza, Peter Kiss matchup. I don't see that happening per se. We could see him against TCU or Seton Hall, but I definitely think that this kid will play on uh, on Sweet 16 Thursday or Friday. So give me Arizona to win it all, plus 575. Nick, any opinions you'd like to share? No, I love Arizona to uh, get to the game, um, to the championship game, rather. Um, that, that South region is going to be tough. I think that game, um, I presume you have Arizona versus uh, Villanova or Michigan, right? Uh, yeah, I have them playing Nova. Yeah, that game is going to be... It, that's going to be a big game. Obviously it moves them to the final four, but again, I think the winner of that elite eight matchup gets to the championship game. And I totally agree with you. I think Arizona getting to the championship game is like, uh, it seems like a very easy lockup bet because the, I mean, this team is amazing. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm going against myself with the uh, experienced guard play that I've been hammering home since the very beginning of both podcasts, Arizona, very freshman, very sophomore uh, filled team. But you look at Ben Matherin, and I think he's one of the best players in all of the country and playing on the West Coast. We saw this last year in the Pac-12. Everybody slept on the Pac-12. They had like four uh, elite eight teams or uh, four sweet 16 teams. Sorry. Um, and I think we weren't watching Arizona enough this year. I've been sold on them. Um, actually, since they beat Michigan, but I placed a future on them once I got my job here at SGPN in early January because that was the one team that I wanted to stake a claim in because that was the one team I was sold in at that time. So uh, Arizona, the cream rises to the top. Uh, experience for me only matters in the first and second round when nerves come into play. That second uh, weekend, the cream rises to the top the freshman, the sophomores, the experience playing in the Pac-12 and playing against Tennessee and playing against Illinois. They could see both of those teams again. Um, They lost to Tennessee. They beat Illinois. I feel like they could match up against Tennessee six times out of 10, seven times out of 10 and beat them. So I like my chances in taking Arizona as my national champion. And like I said, I'm going to play three futures. I like Arizona plus 575, Zaga plus 325, and Tucky plus 800. Nick, any final words? Nope, I agree with all those futures. I'm going to also place mine on Kentucky plus 700, Duke plus 1400, and Villanova plus 1750. Um, This is going to be a great tournament. I think we're going to see a ton of exciting games. It's going to be awesome to just get the tournament back in full swing, fans, full crowds. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, man, I completely agree. Thank you all. Uh, Thank you to all of the listeners who gave us a chance on Twitter spaces. We had like 30 guys 
in there one uh on sunday night when we recorded basically right after the bracket was released uh you guys gave us this opportunity to maybe get this platform or not maybe to get this platform to get us onto the college basketball experience and get into your airwaves on your phone or computer wherever you may be listening to us in your car um this was a packed two episodes from us we threw a lot at you we thank you all for listening to them uh shoot us a follow on twitter I am at 70, the word 70, the number seven NB and Nick is at CBB Nick and for Nick, I appreciate all you guys. Adios. Thank you. Thank you.